Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Daddy Mac. I'm joined as always by Dr. Hoji the Electric Esmoji and John Sheeran. And you know, we have so much to talk about today. I mean, look, the Bengals lost a nail biter to the Pittsburgh Steelers and, uh, and they looked really good. The rush defense, I think we had them under three yards a carry, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, we were down to, you know, we, we, we had practice a squad players in the secondary and still i think the defense that kind of held its own we had the alex erickson fumble that kind of turned the momentum early but uh yeah i want to get your guys's opinion well uh, i'll go first i i gotta go a little bit early i'm yeah. doing a benefit uh, for save the snails i don't know if you've heard of the save the snails foundation but snails right. are very affected by uh, all the trauma of the covid the covid19 situation the snails get stressed out. I don't know if you know that about snails. They're sensitive. But let me just talk about the game. So yeah. I, I'll say a few, I, I, I would say two things. Number one, I, I was reading the Twitter and there was a lot of hate for the defense. The defense was understaffed. I thought the defense actually held up okay. I agree with you, Daddy. Yeah. It was the offense that was kind of disappointing. They couldn't get anything going. Now, the whole team was spooked. You remember early on, there was the fumble. There was a lot of weird mistakes. I don't know if it was the wind or if it was fear, the element of fear. Fear is a big factor. The fear factor is what they call it. And right. I don't know if that's what it was. But I just want to say something about the offense. Something is off. And I, I was watching the Bears game last night. And I was watching Bill Lazor's his management of that offense. And it reminded me so much of the old days with the Bengals. Failure after yeah. failure, especially in the running game. And the Bengals have a similar problem. I don't know if there's something about these two teams that's similar or if it's a coaching thing. But I'm watching us fail with the running yeah. game. And then yeah. all this pressure on Joe to, uh, to throw maybe on third down and make it happen on one down, right? Yeah. And, and I was very disappointed yeah. in that. And we were out. We were with us, Joe Mixon. But I know John knows it's all about the trenches, right? It's not so much about the running back back there. I think Smudge appearing in a decent game, actually. He might have been their best offensive player when he got yeah. the ball. He only got the ball like seven times. But of yeah, course, he, that, was, that was well after the game was over. I mean, they lost the game because they couldn't throw. Joe Burrow's the story of, with this. He played terrible. I think this was the worst game that he had against the Ravens, even though we knew that schematically the Steelers were going to attack him with a similar plan of attack like the Ravens did back in week five. And I think the offense line played pretty well, especially considering you had a rookie at left tackle and a career guard at right tackle going against yeah. you know the, the, the edges that the Steelers have. And T.J. Watt, well, he had two sacks and four pressures, but I think a couple of them were on stunts where it's just a lack of communication. For the most part, Quinn Spain held his own against T.J. Watt for most of the game, and then as the game wore on, him and Akeem Adenogy at left tackle kind of deteriorated and allowed some pressures in there. But at that point, like the damage was too far done. The Bengals made too many mistakes to begin the game. They allowed the Steelers to score points off of off turnovers. Unfortunately, the offense just never got anything going. Like Burrow made a lot of mistakes that he didn't 
doesn't normally make. And you have to wonder if at the at the end of the of the first half when he rolled his ankle, if that impacted him because he threw the ball like thirteen or fourteen times in the second half. And when, when I charted him, like nine of them were like not good throws. They they weren't accurate. They weren't right. any good timing. It's it it was ugly. That's all it was. John, I want to push back a bit. I want to push back a bit against the narrative that Joe Burrow was at fault for the game. And, and I'm going to tell you a short story that might explain my thoughts about this. Back in the village, there was a beautiful girl. They called her baby feet. The reason they called her baby feet is because her skin was supple, like the palms of a baby's feet. And it was also yellowish, like a, like a baby's feet might be. Now, baby feet married the ugliest man in the village. He didn't have a name. They just called him the beast. And the beast was always telling her how ugly baby feet was. And baby feet wasn't ugly, but she got it in her head that she was ugly. Feels like every time Joe Burrow has a performance and, and, and it's the whole, he doesn't save the team and he doesn't save the game, all of a sudden the coaching staff and everybody out there is like, oh, Durable was at fault. Joe Burrow was at fault. Man, what can this poor guy do? Look at other teams. When they're having an off day, the running game comes in and picks up the slack. When the wind is too crazy, the running game comes and makes its way. But when Joe Burrow can't save the day, when he can't look awesome, which he has throughout the whole season, then all of a sudden he's at fault. Everybody needs to have a bad day. And he had a bad day. Sounds a lot like uh, the defense of Andy Dalton from a few years ago. Just John, to... okay, hold on, hold on. John, so That's true. let's be clear. John, Joe let's be clear. Hold on. Let's, yeah, let's be clear. John, me, and Hoji all love Joe Burrow. We're on the same page. Yeah. And we know he's going to be great. So, yeah. John, when you see these clips of people criticizing his arm on those outside the numbers. They're like, he can't make those tough throws, right? You and I know that that is not going to limit his success. This was a bad game more than a statement about his arm ability, right? Sure, that's that's fine. Like the win was obviously chaotic throughout the game. And I think his ankle just was bothering him in the second half. And that's where we saw the majority of those bad throws. But if he's credited for a lot of the success that they've had, or at least keeping him in the game, it's not a surprise that when he plays bad, the entire team plays bad. Like it, it might be unfair to put all that pressure on the rookie, but that's the state of the NFL. If you can't throw the ball and you can't run the ball with any success, you just, you're just not going to have, you, you can't overcome the mistakes that the rest of your team makes. This was a terrible game for the special teams department. You had Erickson fumble. You had Brandon Wilson fumble the opening kickoff you gave the Steelers opportunities short fields numerous amount of times and while, while the defense I think played admirable you know they, they were still going to give up points with with that ragtag team in the secondary so it was up to Joe Burrow to kind of keep up with this and unfortunately the circumstances wouldn't allow it. he had a bad game I think we just need to accept that okay yeah. let me just say this my electric limo is here I got to go I'm get to the benefit I love okay. you guys I just want to say yeah. one thing one thing and hoji out which is the performance of the defense in spite of the sicknesses and in spite of the short roster and the performance of the offensive line, even though I've been trashing Jim Turner this whole year and knowing that Joe Burrow is going to be back and he's going to be angry with a vengeance. I see good things coming up for the end of the season. I don't think we'll have the seven, the number seven draft pick as we currently do. I think we're going to be winning. Bye guys. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. John, so let, let me ask you this about the defense, right? I mean, did they have a good game? Let's say the rush defense. I mean, because yeah. look, the past defense, we had zero expectations. We had zero mm -hmm. expectations for the past defense because of the secondary. And our pass rush is non-existent outside Carl Lawson, basically, right? Yeah, I, I think they yeah. played very well. They did a great job of getting to the edges on some of those reverses. Like, they had one reverse to, ch to chase Claypool that got out of hand and got, like, 20 yards. But I think 
anytime the Steelers kind of threatened the edge, it, whether it was William Jackson or Josh Bynes or Jermaine Pryor, they did a great job of scraping up the top and forcing plays back inside. I think the run defense played pretty well. Fortunately, this wasn't the strength of the Steelers the entire season. They haven't had a lot of success running the ball with James Conner, and I think that Anthony McFarlane out with an illness, so they couldn't really turn to him either. So it was up to Ben to kind of carry that offense, and Ben was a bit shaky in the first half too, but he kind of does what he does and kind of turns it on and makes some 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 wacky throws that end up being completed towards the second half. And unfortunately, it just got away from them. Like William Jackson had like one or two bad reps, but that's what that's what we remember from the game because he got burned down the sideline early in the game. Tony Brown had a crucial missed tackle on Deontay Johnson, which was a touchdown. Jalen Davis, bless his heart, the practice squad cornerback that was had to play because Mackenzie Alexander suffered a concussion. You know, he did pretty well in run defense, but he got exposed in coverage a couple of times. And so did Von Bell. So it was just de- death by a lot of paper cuts. And that's kind of the theme with a lot of these Steelers games where it's just a lot of short underneath throws over the middle and they, they have some great yards with their catch opportunities. And then Ben just pops off with one or two deep bombs that kind of open up the rest of the offense. And unfortunately, the Steelers scored 36 points in this game. And the, I think we knew that the Bengals were going to have to score points with, with how beat up their defense was and the fact that they couldn't rest the passer at all. So that's just kind of how it happened. And I think going into this game too, like Sam Hubbard, it was his first game back and he talked about uh, like the Bengals knowing that Ben gets the ball out quickly and like they, they, they knew that they were going to have to, you know, basically drop back into passing lanes and kind of bat balls down. We kind of saw that from, from Hubbard as well. He was like showing blitz and then he was just staying on the line of scrimmage and trying to get his hands up. So I think they recognized that they weren't going to have a lot of pass rush and try, still try to combat it. And it, it just, it just didn't end up being enough because with that plan, you still need a healthy and quality secondary, and they just didn't have that. Yeah, so, so John, okay, so the pass search is hopeless this year is basically, I mean, we, we have to rebuild through free agency or the draft or something, right? I mean... Well, I, I, I would assume that a lot of us thought that they were going to have Carlos Dunlap for the entire year, that Dunlap was going to be decent, and that's obviously not been the case. I think Hubbard has always been a solid number three or number four option. I don't think he's ever going to be that perennial 10-sack-a-year guy, and Lawson might not be that either, but he's at least a guy that's forcing consistent pressure. Unfortunately, when you don't have Geno Atkins in the middle, even when he's even when he's on the field, he's not really doing much. You have no interior presence. You have next to nothing from Sam Hubbard. And then all you have is Lawson. It's easier to scheme up a good pass rush than it is to scheme up good coverage. You need more talent in the secondary to have success. With yeah. that being said, though, they don't they just have next to nothing at the defensive line. So it's even hard to scheme up a pass rush with, with what they have right now. And so I mean meanwhile, we have AJ Green. Again, not a non-factor. Five targets, zero catches. Mm-hmm. I mean, are we just? Is that? Is this? Is this it? I mean, are we just? Is this the end? Do you think? I mean, do have you seen? Well, you, I mean, you've been yeah. like you've been the proponent of AJ like this entire season, and I think he showed us that he still has something left in the juice. At least before this game, it was just this seemed to fit more of what we've seen from him this year. Whereas he's still being used in the ways of old, and they just might not be ready to, I guess, fully transition into a, a, a lesser, more minor role in this offense because they needed him to do something because they needed anything from the receivers other than T Higgins. It was a fantastic game from the Steelers of deploying a coverage that took away a lot of what the Bengals like to do. A lot of these in-breaking routes over the middle, they played the cornerbacks a lot of inside leverage and they also had two high, two deep safeties to kind of 
force Burrow to attack the middle of the field deep, which is where he's had the least amount of success in his career. It's going back to the LSU days. So I think the Steelers came out of the gate with a great play on defense and they forced their receivers to win in ways that they're not really used to winning. And, you know, you had Tyler Boyd having some marginal success on a few plays, but they needed a classic vintage game from AJ Green. And that's just hard to do against a defense that it kind of knows what they're doing and knows how to take away what the Bengals can, can normally have success with. Yeah. Okay, John. Okay. I want to take it a little bit less analytical and let's just talk about emotions here because it's the same old thing with the Steelers. It's the same old thing. They bully us. They, look, we have not lost the game by this much. This, I know the Steelers have the best record in the league, right? But they're not like that. I don't know. I don't think they're that great of a team, personally. I think they're just like, they, they've, they've been there before. They know, they know how to win. They know how to cheat. They know how to hold. But, but they also, I mean, they're a balanced roster. You know what I mean? They have a balanced team. They don't have, they don't have like a historic offense or they don't have a historic defense. But when it comes to us, it's just like, yeah, we have no chance, right? I mean, look, the Cowboys are not a good roster. And they went toe for toe, right? And, and that's why I mentioned A.J. Green. He's been around for a long time. And, and it's again, it's like A.J. Green is in the Ravens' heads. But when it comes to the Steelers, it's like these old guys like Zach Taylor. It doesn't matter who the coach is, right? We just kind of fall apart. Right. Basically, like, <laughs> like uh, the Steelers look at the Bengals and they think it's a joke. Like people call this a rivalry and it probably isn't anymore. There hasn't been a change in the win column for the Bengals since 2015 in, in this matchup. The Steelers look at the Bengals and they don't, they don't think of them as a legitimate competition competition like i think the steelers recognize that the ravens are their only rivals in the division and and who can blame them like steven nelson called joe burrow trash the cornerback of the steelers and burrow played like trash against them so i mean who, who can tell steven nelson that that isn't true if that's the one time he's seen joe burrow play like it, it's just it's the same mentality and you would think that with the roster that hasn't been around for that long in, in this team you, you come in with like a, a refreshed mindset like you don't care about the history of this team but like this is still just a stigma that just pains on on their minds every time that they play this team. They come out consistently unprepared and just lackluster out of the gate. And whatever they can try to formulate out of that, it's never going to be enough. Like we saw some slight offensive success in the second quarter. They had a touchdown to Higgins and the Steelers came back with a touchdown on their own. And then they had a chance to drive down the field and they just got in their own way again. They had a holding penalty on Alex Redman and then Joe Burrow missed an easy throw on second and second down and then he got sacked on third down and then it seemed from that point on it was just there was just no chance consistently time after time the Bengals continued to make mistakes that plagued their own and, and then compounding on that you have questionable calls from the refs that seem to have a big impact on on the game but at the end of the day the Bengals are just never ever the better team in this matchup if they ever get close it's it's usually just the Steelers underperforming and you know and yeah and the thing is John for me it's kind of like if we can beat the Steelers then we can make that next step and win the primetime games and win the playoff games. It's something about those games that are bigger than the other games. And the Steelers games are like primetime playoff games. So I, I don't know if it's a franchise cultural thing or like you said, I think the Steelers, they just like lick their chops when they see us. They're like, we got these guys. Yeah. And I mean, they hit. Yeah, they hit us in the mouth and we don't hit back. And I, I'm not going to say Zach Taylor is the problem, but he's not the solution. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you need a coach who has an attitude about him. Like Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, you, you can tell he's got attitude. His players got attitude. His, their fans got attitude. So either you got to get a coach like that or we, no matter how good we are, we're going to have at least one loss to the Steelers every year, you know? Yeah, it just seems like, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, the Steelers go into this game and it's just another game. The Bengals go into this and it's like their biannual Super Bowl. 
because they have so much to prove in this matchup to everyone else in the league because they just continue to, to, to fail. And that, that's not going to change until you just be the better team. And they're, they're just not at this point. No matter no matter how overrated the Steelers may be at 9-0, if, if they aren't as true to that record, they're still miles better than the Bengals, at least handling their own business. Like the Bengals had only yeah. one good, they only had one win against a quality team in the last two years. I don't think we can, I don't think we can push that to the side. Like they, they just weren't ready to compete in this game. And if they were, it would have taken a, a immense amount of luck and underperforming from the Steelers on that part. So it, yeah. unfortunately, like it's not, well, it wasn't too unpredictable because of just how great the Steelers are in defense and how banged up the Bengals were on defense. But you just would have liked to have seen a better effort. Yeah, well, yeah, the Bengals are not the best team, but we are the best podcast. We are the number one That's Bengals true. podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, all the other uh, things where you listen. I don't know what they're called. We And and so you can subscribe and you can uh, leave a five-star review. And we're going to, of course, have guests as always. We're going to have people from other fan bases, other podcast hosts. And John, of course, you can find his stuff on Cincy Jungle. He has his own podcast. He has on everything. He has YouTube, everything. And also make sure to read John's articles on Cincy Jungle. That is all we have for this show. We will see you next time. So long, Cincy. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.